Hello, and welcome to the 14 questions, or... Ooh, 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 I'm so excited I get to say it. Or welcome back. There you go. We're actually in the studio together. I know. It's, <laughs> how, how odd is that, right? Yeah. Full circle, my friend. Feel, feels Full a circle. bit strange, yeah. We've yeah. been recording remotely for so long, and now I actually have to see you, too. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to handle what's happening here, but here we are. This is crazy. So we're in the studio, set up a studio, COVID hit, recorded remotely, figured out how to vaccine stuff in the studio again, and you left for a while. Now you're back. Now we're in the studio again. I like it. Yeah, I it's think. a thing. I don't have uh, to. Teddy, Teddy the dog is here. Teddy's here. Yeah. It feels, uh, feels, feels like the good old days of the 14 questions. There you go. Whatever shall we do? I don't know. Trying to put a good fucking episode out there. <laughs> <laughs> Easier said than done, my friend. Easier I mean, said enough. than done. Fair enough. But here we are. Yeah. So we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics. Um, copyright. Oh, God. Not again. Yep. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You know, I've got some opinions. I have some opinion. I'm no lawyer, but I have opinions when it comes to copyright. Yeah. We'll remind folks of that. We are not attorneys over here. We'll give you great references to go digging around if you're interested in said material. But then I'm going to make a comment about lawyers and said material, but I'll do that after the break. Anyhow, you know my bitch about this. (laughs) You're one? Is there a singular? No. Okay. (laughs) On a scale of one to 10, this one's like number 10 for me. Okay. Call me crazy. Yeah. Folks, here, Brandon and I were talking the other night. We're talking about what what to do. And there's a case coming in the Supreme Court. We'll get to that after the break. But anyhow, I just got to gripe for a minute. When I buy music (laughs) and it's on a cassette and then I rebuy it, let's say I have it on vinyl too, okay? Because I have actual examples of this. Yeah. And then I buy it again on CD. And then for a while, I was able to burn the CD, get the information, and put it into my library when we went into the computer world of listening to things. And now, from time to time, poof, it goes away. It just irritates me. If I bought the fucking thing once, I think I should own it. You have another whole opinion on this, and I respect your opinion. I was arguing the opinion, because you know, if you buy a CD, you know, technically you've bought the physical item you haven't licensed the music personally necessarily someone else licensed the music to print the cd or those who own the music printed the cd or pressed the cd however you want to go about that but then you don't necessarily have a license but i'm also like for personal use if i want to make a copy of a thing right like that's acceptable uh, and so making a copy in a different format i still think maybe that's in fair use but it is annoying because I've got, you know, same same as you, a lot of music that I had purchased and owned and then digitized and then suddenly with DMCA and everything yeah. else, it just won't play now because I don't have whatever software license key, however they identify that music uh, in a digital format. And I get it. It's probably a lot of these providers and software uh, companies just practicing a little CYA but also, it's, let me play it, my damn music. Well, no, <laughs> it's that, it's like, no, let's just make them pay for a thing again. Because, you know, we live in the world of, subscri- you know, subscri- subscriber base. Sorry, it's a, it's a Tuesday and I can't talk. But this shit irritates me. Because, you know, for folks that 
maybe are so young they don't remember Napster. Um, I remember Napster, and I was not one of those people that went to Napster and downloaded because, so for folks that don't know Napster, originally it was launched in 99, and then, you know, 2001, 2002, they were there getting sued and all sorts of lawsuits, and this is before mass distribution and Apple Yeah, this was early, early days of uh, peer-to-peer file sharing, basically, because you had Napster and the... Uh, what was the other LimeWire, mm. uh, which yeah, you know, people were sharing sharing music left, right, and center, and lots of viruses well, too. There, <laughs> there was, well, yeah, there was that, right? Yeah. But quite honestly, I mean, the reading of fair use. If I have a song I want to share with you, or a close friend, or a movie for that matter, right? Yeah, here, here you go. I can do it. I, I, that's how right. I feel about it. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can loan you a book. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know, in the same way that. You could lend me a, a song or, a, or right. a DVD to watch a movie or something. And the in the book, in theory, could be scanned and digital. But the Napster folks felt that you know, if you could loan it to your friend that's sitting cross recording from me, why couldn't you loan it to your two, two million friends on Napster? Yeah, no, yeah, simple a, workaround. It's right. Simple, 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 simple. Kind yeah. of flew in the face of a thing, and I I think it was a little. I mean, you had to, you know, we had this wonderful new thing called the internet at the time, and people are like, okay, what can we use this for? Well, like you're going to push the boundaries yeah, push and, then, yeah. and then figure out what the rules are and vice versa. But yeah, it to this day, it pisses me off when stuff just magically disappears over one library because either I have to subscribe to some streaming service to get the thing or rebuy the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it, it, it is one of those yeah, things it, that just irritates the absolute crap out of me. It gets, gets a bit annoying yeah, to, to be like, you know, I, I had this and it, it's still there. The file's still there. It just won't play in this particular piece of software. Not that there aren't other software alternatives, but you know, right. some of these are heavily integrated into operating systems and mobile devices. And they're just the preferred ones to use because they play nicely with everything and then accept music that you didn't purchase directly through, but it's neither here nor yeah. there. And like, who's making the money? <laughs> Always follow the money. That's Always a, follow the easiest money. way to uh, figure out what the motivations are, right? Yeah. So I'll touch, I'll, I'll, we'll toe in the water on this before we go to break, but basically I came across, well, I knew that this was, I'd heard about this here and there, and then... You know, from time to time, I listen to a, a great podcast called uh, Strict Scrutiny. And it's uh, Leah Lippman, Kate Shaw, and Melissa Murray, vastly intelligent attorneys who follow SCOTUS, which for people outside this country, or maybe, you know, actually people outside this country probably know what I'm talking about better, but um, that's the Supreme Court of the United States. And they have, this term, they've decided to take up this copyright case. And it's it's not like they haven't done these in the past. And then after the break, we'll get into this article that I found that references sort of their thinking on a thing. Um, this case is very interesting. And oh, I'm inclined to agree, yeah. And some of the rulings previously are interesting because just wrapping my head around where they arrived and why they arrived at things. But anyhow, do you want to? Take a quick break, and then we'll get into the into the weedy part of this. Sure thing, my friend. Sure thing. All right, folks. Sit tight. 
We'll be right back. to the 14 questions yeah absolutely welcome back before we get into this i just want to touch back on the strict scrutiny stuff the episode aired october 17th 2022 and it was a preamble they covered some other stuff um the title is pigs prince and proven innocence so i mean They they like titling things like we like titling things. I will say their their website is incredibly well done and up to date. So you know, I hate to criticize the person responsible for the fourteen well, you know, website, I mean, but if you have a few interns and a few paid positions and everything else, those things tend to go a lot more smoothly. Yeah, precisely. It's a great podcast, by the way. Anyhow, so August fifteenth, twenty twenty two. I'm citing uh, an article by Bob, what is it, uh, Zedman, um, who digs into this. So the folks on strict scrutiny follow this stuff at like a very, very, very granular level. And this this article was actually fascinating. Um, I actually picked up a few things I didn't know. I didn't know, <laughs> for one, that the... The Patent Act of 1790 was passed before the Bill of Rights in this country. That's how strongly our forefathers felt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Intellectual property, it might be a might be a thing we want to look after and look out for moving forward, which makes sense, you know. Well, it's but it's it's kind of extraordinary to think that they were like, well, you know, copyright and thought that the, the fact that, you know, 1790? Yeah, it's pretty wild. That's a that's a long while ago. Yeah, and to, to the point, this is before you know certain folks had rights, didn't have rights, and, and I'll just throw one other reference out of this article that was I found stunning. Um, before we get into some of the particulars about it, but Thomas Jennings, um, just as a side note here was the first African-American person to receive a patent, likely, first most likely, and he received it in 1821. That's wild, right? So you recognize the rights of somebody to receive a patent and invent a thing, but yeah, okay, another podcast. (laughs) Yeah, right. our country hasn't been perfect, that's for sure. I mean, fair enough, right? Um, But yeah, you know. So intellectual property, so IP, right? I mean, I scanned this. I read this thing like three times, scanned it, and then read it two times. You read it in like 30 seconds, and you're probably going to correct me when I go into this. But <laughs> basically, the first bizarre thing to me, I, it is it is bizarre and it's not bizarre, but it was a case between Oracle v. Google. And, I mean, can I simplify this? So Google just basically stole 11,500 <laughs> lines of... They appropriated... Um, yeah, 11,500 11, lines of code. Yeah, not 11,780. That's another topic, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get there, right? You're um, not wrong, yeah. But, yeah, so it, 
it's Silicon Valley. It's Oracle. It's Google. This is what they do. They, you know, rip each other. But, yeah, but Oracle. Oracle had this little, like, you know, Java API thing, and Google's like, well, well we kind of like the we, Maybe we'll just uh, we'll steal all the code. Not steal. We'll, we'll borrow the code that allows, you know, Java to function and things to talk and interact with, you know, what was the hottest programming language at the time and uh, kind of ran and still does to some degree runs the internet. And they're like, yeah, we could uh, do our own thing and we'll just borrow this code. And then it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And they go, yeah, no, that's fine. Because it was only like 0.04% of the total lines, you know, millions of lines of code. And (coughs) Google's, uh, I think it was for Android that they did this initially. And uh, and so they go, and also it was for the greater good. Like we have all these wonderful cell phones. And so, you know, no harm, no foul, no copyright violation, which is really interesting being that all previous interpretations, you know, you can't just steal a paragraph from a book or, you know, a, a lyric or a melody from a copyrighted piece of music. But apparently, if it's software, you can just borrow tens of thousands of lines and it's okay. It's okay. So, I, 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 I well, it. well, I got I two things going on here. I mean, I get it. Okay. At some point in time, they took up a case and they said, hmm, software. Not hardware, but the software. Copyright. You got to write a thing, right? Yeah. Get a, get a patent for the hardware it, it, and, and I, copyright I, for the software, right? I get it that it's, you know, it's not the great novel that you're writing, but it is It is intellectual, right? You actually have to think through a thing, and there's some. There's all sorts of, you know, stuff that goes into creating said language or writing within a language that could be, okay, so you copyright it. But then, you know, Google comes along and basically goes, okay, what's the criteria of fair use? Um, We'll just snag some code over here. And they actually, I think, for the most part, made a pretty good argument, right? They said, basically, this is kind of interesting. We're giving this away, this whole we don't charge for our operating (laughs) system. And that's that's a thing. You can Android is uh, free. It's open source, so you can grab a hold of it and do with it as you please. And, pl- and please tell me, this is the first software company that's never claimed the thing that's free that they're giving away cannot be held to any kind of regulation because it's free, <laughs> right? I mean, we're talking about operating systems and computers. It's free, so if we're doing yeah, a thing or right. well, some of them are free, screwing our competitors. Free. I mean, there's a. I'm sorry. There's an intrinsical value. To the, this is what's always pissed me off about this. We're giving this away for free. You're not giving it away for free because the, the, the fucking thing you buy for $1,000 doesn't work without the actual software. Like the two go yeah. hand in hand. And I think that's always been missed in any of these cases that got argued this way. I mean, yes and no. You know, the hardware is hardware. And, and, and you know, yeah. a lot of hardware can run multiple operating systems. I'm fair. You know, fair. you can run Linux on, on bare metal that'll run Windows, that'll run Mac OS X. Um, you know, so Android being an option, but not necessarily the only option or necessary option. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but it is interesting that they've, you know. And, kinda, and the other thing is that, that to this this writer's credit he said the supreme court just goes on they go based on law and like based on whatever they don't get material they they used to they used to yeah (laughs) they don't get material experts involved or this and that and the other and i mean it just gets down to this thing like oh my zeros and ones are better organized than your fucking zeros and ones 
and I'm giving it away for free. So I'm going to like do too cute for school and fit it into this thing. No, you ripped off 1100 and 500 lines of code that you were apparently supposed to actually pay licensing for that. You just forgot. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just bury that in here and nobody will notice. Yeah. Huh. And this, and, and, and folks, listeners, this is, this could be, we probably need to dive into some deep dive into this because this, this is a, a, a podcast or two in its own right of what goes on on the land of wild west zeros and ones chittery or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I don't yeah, know what you want to sure, call it. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah the, a- but the case we're referencing that scrutiny brought up and that people are following right now. And this one, this one just took me by surprise. So this case was what? And in 81, Andy Warhol, a pretty famous guy, um, did a series of works on Prince, the artist, or the yeah. formerly he, known and then known he, as Prince. He, Speaking he, of he copyright. Did, he did a few yep. Prince prints. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> and Lynn Goldsmith was this photographer. And then Warhol, in his style, did a thing. Yeah, well, he was asked to do a thing. Right. You know, it, it, my understanding is that is Lynn, Lynn Goldsmith was hired by Vanity Fair uh, to shoot a portrait of Prince for a cover. And so they licensed the image for the cover. And then Vanity Fair reached out to Andy Warhol and they're like, hey, can you turn this into your piece of art for the cover, which ended up being the cover. But I think the issue arises where Warhol then did maybe 16 different pieces um, that weren't for the magazine cover. They were for his art collections and everything else. And I think that's where it becomes... A little bit murky because she didn't sell the rights to the photograph. She licensed the rights to be used on a cover. She didn't license them to Andy mm-hmm. Warhol. Um, and so his interpretation of the work for the cover, I think, is very fair on, on Vanity Fair's side. Um, but then for him to then further take that yeah. work and go, it's it's a, it, it gets, gets a little bit sketchy. I'm this gets saying, murky. Yeah. This gets murky. So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm following you correctly... Over here in the world of, for folks that don't know, Brandon does a lot of photography. I've done a lot of advertising and stuff in the past. Art, pretty pretty well versed, you know, on 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 these matters. Warhol, who's known for taking everyday public images of things and you know putting his spin of Warhol, Warhol on the thing, becomes famous. Said photographer comes along takes a photo that's licensed to be a cover. Then they ask Warhol to turn it into a cover. So arguably he's not doing the work for himself. He's commissioned to do this cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the photograph was supposed right. to be the cover, but then they said, let's get Andy Warhol to do a thing to be a cover. Right. Um, yeah, so I can kind of that, that I can get behind. They had the rights to use the photograph in, in whatever way on the cover. And so having Andy Warhol interpret that photograph in his style um, is still acceptable use for the cover of the magazine. It's right. the fact that he did, you know, 12 additional prints and some silk screens and stuff of, of that of the cover, right? Where he and, and or his foundation at this point may be a little bit in breach of fair use there because there was no licensing uh directly to Warhol. To okay, so 
So had this, had, would, would this comport with what you would think? Had he and the photog- photographer, maybe they're friends or not, but let's say they're friends. And I say, hey, and he goes, love that photo. I want to do some artwork. And he does his own thing and creates his own art. I would give him more latitude in claiming copyright, but because he was commissioned to do a cover based on this, it seems like that there's a bit of a more commercial relationship there that would trigger where he doesn't quite get the same amount of rights for, or I, I don't know. There, there's, this is weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's murky. And, and also, you know, one can argue, did he improve the work? Is it, uh, you it, know, something it, yeah, like there's so fair gets, use, right? So you got to, it gets murky. It, it gets, gets murky. murky. How, so for folks, Fair use would cover an artist of taking something else of value and art, whatever, photography or this, that, or the other. And if they if they change it, okay, perfect example. You take the Mona Lisa and you put a fucking mustache on her. Did it change enough? Yeah, that's all day long. You read that in every art book. No one ever accused anybody of that yeah, artist I mean, stealing. I forget that artist's name, but I mean, lots of versions of this go on. Yeah, all the time. For whatever reason. But it's this murky area or this gray area of how much was how much was it changed, and would people be confused with the original or who did the original? Which in the Mona Lisa case they wouldn't, right? And this all falls under free and fair use, basically. Sure, yeah. Shared environment. Did you improve it? I mean, you don't necessarily have to improve it. You could alter it to a point yeah, vary, of vary it to a degree. But yeah. how how much is enough? You know, how much is enough? Right and. You know, if it's recognizable, you know, hey, that's that's that photograph just with Warhol's personal style attached to it. Then is that enough? Should there be licensing? Probably. I feel personally. Um, I, I, I'm going to stand on the side of the way this thing came in. And again, we're not attorneys over here. But the way this thing came in, the way it was presented, given the stakes, the commercial value of what was being awarded for this magazine to get a cover and for the agreements of the artists, you know, to do a thing specifically for a commercial commission is different than Warhol waking up in his garage or whoever waking up in the garage could be anybody in studio and doing a thing for themselves that then they sell later, that they weren't part of some type of relationship commercially with developing something. I, I, no. I think you got to, I, that's the way I, my, my gut feeling, but you know, I'm no attorney. Yeah. Again, but, neither am I, you know, it's one thing like obviously a Campbell's soup can, you know, it has, has some trademarks involved and everything else. Because yeah. Warhol is famous for some images. Marilyn Monroe. I mean, come on, you know, Campbell's soup. Yeah. But also like the Campbell's soup can, whilst that they may, or, you know, somebody might argue that it's a piece of art. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a brand, it's food and Warhol used it in his art. It's a so. piece of art it's a different type of intellectual property that time versus like art versus branding. So I think that's a little less murky than taking another person's piece of art, adding to well, it. Well, what about the Marilyn Monroe photo that he did with her, like blew out her hair and made it blonder. It kind of, it's got yeah. a very um, illustrate, you know, I- illustration style. It's got Andy Warhol style written all over it. Sure. Yeah. But he did that specifically for a piece that was going to hang on a wall in a museum. I think that's a very different than being brought into a contractual obligation 
in a commission to Andy Warhol up a cover for us. I think that's where yeah. the Merck is good. I'll be interested to see the, the justices and the Supreme Court sort this one out. Yeah, it'll, it'll be definitely interesting to see which way it goes and, and could have some you know serious potential implications or ramifications for artists and creators and you know, software companies, right. and, you know, if you, when we start redefining how copyright is interpreted and enforced, uh, you know, there can be a lot of unforeseen consequences that, you know, nobody's really looking forward going, Oh shit. Oh, it's going to be a disaster but <laughs> for a folks. Mess. So the, the reference on this, the article I'm, I'm reading is in range finder, um, by, um, Hillary, Hillary can't pronounce the last name here. I'll get back to you on that. But March 30th, 2021. Um, last name, G-R-I-G-O-N-I-S. Gorgonis? Gorgonis? I'd go with Gregonis, maybe? Gregonis? Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm terrible with this stuff. But anyhow, try to throw references in there when we can. Where, it could, where this could get really murky is you know that there are filters out there that are like, they might not call them the Andy Warhol filters, but now the copywritten zero and zeros and ones can throw an artist's style. Their style, though. It's not their art. Like, a but style is a style, but, you know. But then now it's, like, have we just, you, you can't, like, peed you can't in the pool of the murkiness style, of crimson red? Like, this is just fucked up because. I mean, they'd be like saying, because I'm sure it's happened a million times. There's been 10,000 high school and college level art classes where they're like, you're going to paint something in the style of. of okay. But like, it's, but, like but, style, but then, but then who owns that? Right. Thing. So wouldn't the person writing the better zeros and ones that gets to that style, shouldn't they have claim on the final Again, piece of fucking no, artwork? There's, but there's no copyright, even as it stands now of a style. So it's simply the work once it's created in that style. So, you know, where, where does it go? You know, they'd be like going, one musician owns all of blues because it's a style, you know. And that's well, all, but it's, it's a there, style it's, that's know. done by zeros and ones that have their own copyright to be able to print the style. Yeah, it, it, this stuff gets murky. Crazy. Zeros and ones, it's man. Everything wide. is just zeros and ones. <laughs> We are living in a simulation. Correct. I mean, there's some pretty good theories about that. And oh, I know. Just, it's yeah. bizarre, right? So, fun, fun to read in. Fun, I mean, it, it's the, the, the only way you can explain, like, the current political climate and all the nonsense in the world. The only right way now to explain it? Is, is that we're living in a simulation and somebody's just like, Haha, let's create MAGA fucks just to see what happens. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's, there's like some. Sim City, juvenile god up there, just yeah. laughing at us. You know, we're we're a computer program. It's like The Sims, yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's let's just uh, let's really just fuck around in here, see what happens. Like they've gotten bored with it. They're waiting for the new, latest, greatest, um, version of the game to come out. You know, and this one they've just played yeah. so long and so many times that they don't care anymore. It's not about like succeeding or scoring points or however it works. They're just like, yeah, let's just fuck around and see if we can break some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I just do that in Sim City all the time, you know, cause a flood, you know, just make people angry. It's a natural disaster. Yeah. Coming in all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You want to leave it there? You got any other, anything else you want to tell people? Not, not particularly. I mean, we should apologize. We never did for, um, we missed an episode last week. Uh, From time to time, life happens and gets in the way. And uh, yeah, 
we weren't able to get a thing in the can. So we apologize to our regular listeners for that. But uh, yeah. looking like we'll be on a little more back to it schedule moving forward. Now that we have equipment so where good. equipment needs to be. Other than the internet didn't want to work for a hot hour tonight yeah, for being, some reason. It'd be a bit of a pain in the ass. Bullshit, so. right? There's um, that, but, uh, you know, it seemed to be functioning fine at this point, so. And then folks, vote. Get out there and vote. Yeah, get out and vote. Would you, could you? And Please. Just a, just a few weeks left. Yep. Do it early. Go do, go it, do it the it day thing. of, but just do it one way or the other. Yeah. It matters. Do your part. Yeah. I did, all, of, sure. all of you are going to be bitching about something in the next couple of years on both sides of the aisle, and, uh, well, if you don't participate, then you should probably lose your right to bitch about it. And I think will. it should be like the, the I voted sticker. We assign. So you get that and then you get a sticker that you can wear for the until the next vote comes along. I'm allowed to bitch. That's cancel culture, though. That's cancel culture. Oh, yeah. Culture. Just, cancel culture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> special people with their special stickers. Yeah. Yeah. Trying I mean, to, fair enough. Trying to oppress me. I'm just being a shit. But yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> you know, I got to be. Before we digress too far here. Facetious from time to time. Yeah. But anyhow. be a thing. Want to leave it there? Yeah, I think that's a good point to jump off. So uh, without further ado, until next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.